September is here and summer is winding down. On this week's Anderson Observer Podcast, news from people you trust, I talked to the new leader of one of Anderson's most important places, the Anderson Free Clinic. I have a follow-up with County Council's decision this week on being prepared for the likelihood of an appeal in the case of former Anderson County Administrator Joey Preston. Uh, Discuss First Baptist Church of Anderson's plans to build a new pavilion and park for the community. And we hear Anderson School District 1 superintendent discuss the year ahead in his schools, which that district's really growing. As always, the podcast is brought to you by the good folks at Sullivan's Metropolitan Grill and Sullivan's Caters. The best food on the planet, and I'll tell you a bit more and tell you why. But meanwhile, stick around for some more news here at the end of the podcast. It has been another great week in Anderson, and we've had some good news and some bad uh, right here at the end of the summer. Part of the bad, the Main Street downtown block party's finale was washed out again last night, ending a year that rain knocked out more than half of the events. Um, if you see him, tell Kerry Jones you appreciate his continued hard work and patience in keeping this wonderful downtown tradition going for guys closing in on 20 years now. Uh, his hard work has likely brought more people to downtown and Carolina Wren Park than all the other things we've done combined, and I know I'm grateful. So if you see Kerry, tell him thanks. Tell him you're sorry about the rain, but uh, we appreciate all the hard work he's done. We hate some of those things got canceled. Last week, uh, if you missed it, and I don't know how you could have, the eclipse brought, depending on who you ask, as many as 100,000 visitors to Anderson County, and we were ready. All over the county, the people were here handing out glasses and welcoming visitors. The blackout events at Green Pond and the Civic Center were, were perfect examples and perfect introductions to the best hospitality anywhere, and visitors from around the world responded to that very well. I personally talked to people from Switzerland, Ireland, Colombia, the Netherlands, some people from New York, Florida, New Hampshire, other places, and without exception, they said they were amazed at both the hospitality of the people and the beauty of our area. So it was a really good chance to show off Anderson County, and it's nice to hear those nice things being said from a fresh set of eyes, because sometimes we forget what a great place we have to call home. It's a good event even though the clouds kept some of us from actually seeing the eclipse itself. Well, school's back in full swing now, so do be really careful out there. Between the increased morning traffic and the new kids with driver's license on the road headed to school, it can be an adventure, so give yourself a little extra time. Be patient. And also, county council did meet this week, and they voted to move ahead on a $20 million sewer improvement project. Uh, There's several things involved in that project. You can read about them in the story in the Anderson Observer. But one of the things was uh, a project along I-85 at exit 14 to develop sewer. A project's been needed to happen for decades now, but it will be a huge boon to economic development in that area. And so I'm glad they moved ahead on that. And council also instructed the county attorney to move ahead to prepare for what's likely to be an appeal in the case of former Administrator Joey Preston. And here's what Anderson County Council Chairman Tommy Dunn had to say about both of those things. I'm talking to Anderson County uh, Council Chairman Tommy Dunn. Give me a, just a quick summary of what y'all decided in executive session today concerning the Joy Preston case. It was just to uh, protect our interest, uh, to make sure that uh, if the Preston legal team, they decide to pursue it with the, uh, the Supreme Court, give our guy, our attorneys time to file 
right paperwork, proper paperwork to counter their measure. Okay, so if they don't do anything, what does the county do? If they don't do nothing, we don't do nothing, and that means that it's over with. Okay, but will we pursue trying to get the money back? Or? That will be took. I hope we do. That will be another. Oh, but that's, that wasn't today. That was just, this was just to, this was just to keep it open. That's right. To keep to protect the interest we've already we wanted. Okay. Not they could file uh, uh, to the Supreme Court and we wouldn't answer, so we'd lose. Okay. Uh, the comprehensive sewer plan. Uh, you mentioned it's been a long time coming, and we've had. Why has it been so difficult to overcome past mistakes? Well, one because of money. Uh, you know, you know, we took we took. Uh, uh, I, Council has changed, but when I took got on council back first elected, we was in a middle of recession, you know, hit, and so the sewer was in a in a mess, and uh, uh, so we didn't have no funds to do nothing with. So hopefully, uh, this uh, this is the first time we had a chance to do something other. I think it's one of really shed some light and really set some economic development growth, and make a big change, game change for Anderson County. I don't think we mentioned it in the meeting. Um, do you know how long all the stuff on this comprehensive plan will take? It's probably you know. From start to finish, and how government works, it's probably five years or so. Okay. But it's to get people a chance. You know, a lot of the uh, uh, some of it will happen sooner than others because some of the stuff has already been pre-engineered, uh, so it won't take that long. Get permits, other things have to be permitted. And they, you know, it takes the, will take the longest. We can start, but they can start the process. Hopefully, because I asked this question in one of our committee meetings. Hopefully, they can start the process on all these projects very soon, as far as. Uh, getting the paperwork done, engineering, permitting. Uh, they're going to be some land acquired. So hopefully all this process, they've got a plan in place. Hopefully they can implement and get it started. Five years is pretty fast for government work. Oh, I'm telling you, I've learned. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's true. <laughs> all right, thanks, Mr. Dunn. We were joking about that, but he's, you know, five years is actually pretty fast for government work, and that is kind of funny. And in other news, the Anderson Free Clinic, as I mentioned, one of the crown jewels of our area. It's done more good for more uh, of our neighbors than um, a lot of folks realize. They named a new director this week, Tammy Collins, who for the past five years has served the United Way of Anderson, has taken over the reins of this crucial link to health care for our less fortunate neighbors who need help. And she told me that uh, this week when we sat down, she's still kind of getting up to speed on the new position and she's ready to move ahead and get started. She actually begins officially September the 5th. I'm Tammy Collins, and I'm the new executive director here at the Anderson Free Clinic. And Tammy, what made you want to become, come over to the, to the Free Clinic? Because you were already working here at Anderson with a nonprofit. Right, right. I love the idea of serving those in our community. Uh, there's a huge need for health care services here in the community, my daughter rotated through here as a volunteer physician and had a wonderful experience and being able to serve locally is is brings me great joy. Why is the free clinic such an important part of the Anderson community? Well, first of all, when we're all healthier, when our community is healthier, we all benefit from that. When we're not healthy, it costs us all. And um, so it's like that old all the ships in the harbor rise. So if we can help those um, in need of health care that they can't get otherwise, we all benefit from that. Remind people who, who've heard the free clinic but may not know what, what you do here, what services the free clinic provides and how they do that. The Anderson Free Clinic provides medical services for those in the gap that don't have some kind of government assistance or private insurance and there's a lot of folks in our community so they provide health care, pharmacy, um, dental 
is, is one of those areas that we're working on right now. And um, what I think is very critical that the Anderson Free Clinic provides is a continuum of care. This isn't a, an emergency stopgap, but we work closely with our folks at AnMed and providing that continuum of care for folks, a resource for them to have continued coverage, regular medical appointments, and not just an emergency stopgap. We've got a full pharmacy for folks, um, a huge need for diabetic supplies. Um, it's a huge expense for folks. Um, with that, it can run into hundreds and hundreds of dollars every month. Um, my husband's diabetic, so we know what it means to have insurance for that. If you don't have insurance, to be able to come here and get those supplies on a regular basis and, again, not have to look for emergency fill-ins, but to, to keep that supply available for folks. Uh, volunteers are here uh, because they have the heart and the passion for it, and anything we can do to encourage more folks to come in and volunteer. Um, when you see hands-on what some of our folks are facing in our community, the Anderson Free Clinic uh, really has become such a meaningful way of serving our community for so many folks, and we truly appreciate that, and uh, we couldn't do it without the volunteers. You want to particularly single out busy doctors taking time out to donate time here? Exactly. Our physicians um, in the area are so busy, especially now with the new electronic system. Epic has been epic in, uh, for most of our physicians in their offices. So for them to be able to carve out some time and, and meet these patients and work with them in a caring way is it, it, we, immeasurable, is what that is. And we couldn't do it without them. What's your vision for the next three or five years here? Do you kind of congeal that? I would love to see this a place that not only serves people here, but we look at ways to serve more in our community, uh, things that we can provide outside the walls and the hours of the clinic. And we'll do that as we continue to build our volunteer base, as we continue to build resources. And uh, that's I, I look for that to be the next arm of the Anderson Free Clinic, is to be in our community beyond these walls and beyond these hours. And what are the current hours and the days and stuff? Uh, the clinic is open for patients Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and it varies day to day. Um, and so if we can provide maybe a weekend, half-day clinic from time to time or some evening hours for folks that are working, especially hourly. So many of our people are working, but um, they're working hourly jobs. And <clears throat> excuse me, if they're not paid, if they're not at work, they're not paid. And so to have some opportunity for them to come in the evening or on a weekend um, would be a, an excellent opportunity for us to fill. And you've got an Anderson location and a Honeypath location, yes. right? Yes, yes. Are there any plans to do anything else, or we're just going to kind of go where we are? I, I think right now the plan is to strengthen both of those areas and um, continue building that foundation and looking at ways to increase the services out of both of those locations. And then that could be a, a, the, next, the next vision is, is uh, to, to expand the services in other areas of the county. What are the greatest needs uh, for the Anderson Free Clinic? How, how can people help? 
the financial need is obvious. It's always here uh, to run a, a, a clinic of this size. It takes a lot of dollars. Um, and so there's always a financial need. We're always fundraising. We're always writing grants and looking for opportunities. So anytime we can find a partner to consider supporting the Anderson Free Clinic financially, it's wonderful. We're also um, looking for volunteers and uh, for uh, products that may be usable here in the clinic from our, our uh, Walgreens Distribution Center has offered to uh, use some of their leftover products, uh, let us have those, and, and so things like that. How can people find out more about what they can do here? What's the best way for them to keep up with what's going on as you take over? Um, when do you start officially? September 5th. Okay, so it's, it, by the time this is done, you'll be yeah. started. So yeah. what can people do? What's the easiest way for them to give or to find out about volunteering? What's the best place for information? Uh, two places. As everybody knows, Facebook. Our Facebook page uh, is a great way to do that. And also our website. There's links on both of those sources. And um, keep those. the Facebook page stays very current. and. It's so important, the partnerships we have here in the community uh, for donations, partners like Golden Harvest Food Bank, Walgreens Distribution Center. Uh, partners like that are critical to our success. And our volunteers, they're the best. Absolutely the best. They're, they have a passion for this work. It's a calling. It's not just I'm going to give back a little to my community, but it's a calling. And what I'd love to see is more of our retiring physicians and uh, nurses maybe consider supporting us with a few hours a week. We'd love to have them. Uh, that way they can still keep their hands in medicine but give back to their community at the same time. Tell people a little bit about you because people want to know about you and where you came from and what you've been doing here for the last five years. And that kind yes, of thing. I moved up from Columbia and uh, been here five, a little over five years. Had to have been at Columbia College, directing leadership programs at Columbia College before moving up here. My husband work, was working in Greenville, so commuting back and forth to Columbia got a little old, and we naturally fell in love with the upstate, as most folks do. So I began searching up here, and um, the United Way position came open. Carol Burdett and I had a, a, a clandestine uh, meeting in Greenwood and from there it was an automatic uh, connection and uh, so I've been at the United Way here in Anderson County since then and uh, I worked first in our education area helping develop uh, education programs and then moved over to our volunteer center and my biggest responsibility was coordinating the weekend snack pack program which is a program in Anderson County that feeds almost a thousand children every Friday throughout the school year. Uh, children that are going home to little or nothing to eat on the weekend and that impacts how they come back to school on Monday. They're not ready to learn at their capacity. So uh, it's a program that I've been very passionate about because again it's local. It's people right here. It's families in our community that we see every day and that's the same thing with the free clinic. That's why it was a natural move to the free clinic. These are people we see every day. Uh, here in our communities. Do you think the connections and the work you've done will help you in the free clinic job? Oh, absolutely. Uh, because of my United Way work, my network has, has grown exponentially in the time that we've been here. 
uh, wonderful people, wonderful connections. And so it's just a matter of building on those and finding more folks that are passionate, that have a passion for uh, those in the medical community. And so it's a natural transition. Very excited to announce the upcoming gala. It's an annual event. It's our Las Vegas gala. It is vintage Vegas this year, themed from the 40s and 50s. And uh, we are at the Bleckley Inn this year, and it is Thursday, September the 21st, from 6 to 10. We'll have all of your gambling tables and dealers there, uh, heavy hors d'oeuvres, and just a really fun time. Live music, silent auction. So hope you can join us in this annual event on September 21st. Thanks. Tickets are available through the Anderson Free Clinic website and on our Facebook page. You can come by the clinic's office or contact us to get your clinics there. Uh, you can contact us to get your tickets. They are $60 a piece or $100 for a couple. All proceeds raised at this event stay here at the Anderson Free Clinic and uh, every dollar that uh, we raise with this goes to help someone in our community. Well, I can say without any hesitation or reservation that I totally endorse the work they do at the Anderson Free Clinic. Uh, if you've ever talked to, there are doctors and who work full shifts, full weeks, and then donate entire days to for no for nothing other than that they want to help people in this community who don't have health care and can't afford it. People who fall through the gaps, who's maybe working jobs that don't provide insurance, but yet they make too much to really qualify for Medicaid, which was not expanded in South Carolina, and they just don't have health care. So really appreciate the work they're doing down there. If uh, you're looking for a place to volunteer or donate, that's always a good place to check out and give them a look. You can find information, as she said, about them at their Facebook page, which is easy to find and is kept up to date. Well, another cool story this week that... Uh, is being worked on right now, uh, was First Baptist Church of Anderson's announcement that they will build a pavilion and playground on the downtown property facing Fant Street. And it'll provide a really great outdoor space for both the church and they're going to open it up to the community at large. It'll be a parking place, the pavilion, a playground. And associate pastor at First Baptist, Josh Hunt, sat down and told me about this uh, yesterday. All right, I'm talking to Josh Hunt, who is associate pastor of First Baptist Church in Anderson, South Carolina. And Josh, y'all had a big announcement Sunday. Uh, y'all voted to do something that's going to be uh, a real benefit to the whole community. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yes, sir. We um, we voted unanimously in our uh, church business conference to transform our current playground area, which is uh, the First Baptist property that is adjacent to Fant Street, the city block, um, from what is essentially just a playground to what we're going to be calling Harrison Pruitt Park. Um, it in will include uh, uh, an access ramp that's handicapped accessible. The property there now is not accessible to people who are handicapped. Um, it will include a pavilion so that we can have outdoor activities, uh, a larger green space so that we can put up a tent or have uh, some games there. Uh, it will involve relocating our current playground closer to uh, the Benson Street side of our parking of our property and then um, revamping a, play, a a parking lot that's adjacent to Benson Street. Uh, we'll put in some nice landscaping 
really hoping it'll be a, a great gathering space and a play space, not only for our church, our mm-hmm. child development center, but also, uh, as you said, for our whole community. Now, the pavilion's going to be pretty big, right? Yeah, uh, plans are for a, a 90 foot by 40 foot pavilion. Um, the code, I think, allows for 10 square feet a person. I'm not sure how they got that number, but uh, that, that's around 115, 125 people, according to our code. And then uh, our intention is that if we have a, a, uh, an event that is larger than the pavilion will hold, uh, we can kind of spill over into the, the green space that will be adjacent to it. Okay, and so um, you're, the, it's going to begin construction when? October 30th. Um, we um, we set a date a little bit later so that we're not taking away the use of our playground from our um, our daycare center uh, in the pretty months and, and hopefully doing a lot of the work uh, in the colder months when our, our daycare students are playing in the gym anyway so that we'll be uh, not affecting their playtime each day too much so by spring or summer when do y'all think it could yeah be? yeah um i think 120 140 days is the is the projected time frame uh after construction begins um we've got some some irrigation that we're going to put in to take care of all the uh landscaping that's going to be there brad mcgill who grew up in anderson and grew up in first baptist um who's a landscape architect in, in atlanta did the design for our landscaping, going to involve some beautiful um, plants that are going to be adjacent to Fence Street to kind of create a buffer from that road noise. And we'll really, uh, we think, beautify our little corner of downtown Anderson. And one of the things um, I think you and I have talked about, and I've talked to um, uh, to Jim Thomas and the pastor there about, is our First Baptist is trying to remain... Uh, a downtown church and a, and a good downtown citizen. Is that right? That's correct. Uh, we I, I've, I've only been in town for five years, but um, people around are talking about the days when downtown was not much of a destination, and it was um, really hard for a church to decide to stay downtown. And I understand that this church had those conversations about, are we here or are we going to go somewhere else? The church elected to stay, and I think that was a good move. I'm I'm happy to to be here. I'm happy to be working here at this church in this location. And um, as downtown has has been redeveloped and uh, is becoming more of a destination again, um, we want to be good stewards of this uh, great place that we have uh, and really um, make sure we're utilizing it in the best way possible, not only for our congregation, but also uh, for our, for the larger community. Okay, well, let me give you a chance to do a free commercial then. Uh, I'm, I'm nonpartisan since I'm not a member or don't attend First Baptist. Tell people <laughs> when your services are and that kind of thing. We would love for you to uh, visit with us. Um, 9.30 on Sunday mornings, we follow what I understand is a British model. We have worship service at at 9.30, and then our Sunday school, our small groups are at 10.30 following worship. Um, But we would love to have you join us this Sunday, come see what we're all about, give you a hearty welcome, uh, and uh, I'd love to meet you myself. 
fantastic. Josh, I appreciate that. Appreciate you checking Thank in. Thank you, on Greg. That. And I think people downtown, anything that beautifies downtown is going to help everybody. And having a, a pavilion and a little playground park right there, I think, will be a, a, a good addition to that green space that kind of starts up at Carolina Ren. We're really excited about uh, about this possibility. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate it. Thank you, sir. A community pavilion downtown would be just one more good thing uh, that we have going on downtown. I can look forward to in the days ahead for our downtown. Downtown's adding a lot of new stuff. If you've been following the news, you saw that uh, Grace Church had attempted to move downtown and the city council decided not to sell them the property. Um, looks like part of that property is going to Groucho's Deli. They've got a bid in, so it'll be another eating place downtaown. Uh, you may have noticed a New Mexican place is, uh, restaurant is open downtown, and I've been told there are some negotiations very close on another big addition for downtown, but don't have any details on it yet. So thank, keep watching downtown, and uh, I'll, Anderson Observer, news from people you trust, will have information first. But no matter why you go downtown, the very best place to stop and eat is Sullivan's Metropolitan Grill downtown. It has been chosen one of the top 100 restaurants in America, one of only two in South Carolina ever to make that list. And if you've eaten there, you are not surprised. Whether you're eating lunch or dinner, there is no better food on the planet. It's always fresh, delicious. They have great appetizers, perfect entrees, best desserts. I'm not exaggerating. I'm, I'm a big dessert eater. Uh, best desserts you will find anywhere that they're homemade. And uh, my favorites include uh, lunch. Uh, you can get the, the uh, pot roast sandwich at lunch. is unbeatable. Of course, they have at night and other other dishes. They have salmon, steak, trigger fish. Um, just too many things to, to mention here, but you, you won't be sorry. You can check out their menu online. But Bill and Sabre Nick has took a huge risk opening a fine restaurant in downtown Anderson 20 years ago when it was deserted. And we owe them a really huge debt of gratitude and thanks since it kicked off that renaissance of downtown. So now they're offering that same great food at any of your events, corporate events, family events, wedding parties, whatever you've got. Sullivan's Caters can take care of that. And you literally won't believe the pricing. It's cheaper than almost any of the small-time chicken finger and three-meat kind of caterers. Uh, and the food and presentation will blow you away. If you haven't seen them, check out their Sullivan'sCaters.com website or at the Sullivan Caters Facebook page. And you can always, as I said, check out Sullivan's Metropolitan Grill website or their Facebook page and see menu and other things about it. You can thank me when you do that and invite me to lunch or one of your parties you cater. But as I said, school is back in full swing, and I've been talking to all the superintendents about their goals and plans for the districts, and last week I talked to the largest district, Anderson County District 5's Tom Wilson superintendent there, and that's the largest district. And this week my guest is the second largest district, Anderson County School District 1's David Havard, whose district now boasts more than 10,000 students and is in one of the fastest growing areas of the county. And here's what David had to say about his plans for the coming year. I'd love to, love to tell as many people about Anderson 1. It's my pleasure and honor to be the superintendent here in Anderson 1. And uh, we are a very much a growing district, as many people know that. We actually have 14 schools, one career and technology center that we share with Anderson District 1 and 2, and an adult education center is what we operate here to provide as many services to our students as possible. Out of those 14 schools, there are three high schools, and, and our areas are divided up, Palmetto-Williamson area, the Wren area, and of course, the, Pitt the Pittlesville area. So we have three middle schools, uh, Pittlesville Middle, uh, Palmetto Middle, and Wren Middle, and then we have eight elementary schools. So our schools are growing at approximately 2% rate, which we're primarily adding anywhere from 200 to 250 students a year. That's what we expect to add this school year, and for the first time ever, 
Anderson School District 1 will exceed 10,000 students. So we're looking forward to uh, having many new students and certainly provide excellent educational services to them. So that is a short summary of the school district and, and, and one of our biggest challenges in this case is our growing enrollment. So, um, and we are, 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 have made plans to add some additional teachers, resource officers and other staff members to certainly serve you know, our, our growing population. Well, um, I think we will be first and foremost from an instructional standpoint, we, we will be in our fourth year of our digital innovation initiative, which involves iPads for all our students in grades three through 12. Grades K, one and two have sets in the classroom, so we continue to focus on technology and how we integrate technology and students' collaboration and problem-solving skills. That is very important to us, and we've seen our students really thrive in that environment. So we'll be in our fourth year there. I guess that would be number one. Um, without a doubt, we continue to put much effort and and enthusiasm in our professional development program, which we are really working, working uh, to integrate technology with instruction, as I said before, and, and, and our reading coaches that was added by the state a couple years ago has been a huge addition to our staff. Very, they're very, they're very competent, very caring, very capable, and they have provided some outstanding professional development for our teachers and, and to support our students on the elementary level. So. Remind people what they do reading coaches. Yeah. Okay. Our reading coaches um, simply do just that. They are the reading professionals. These, these individuals have their, their degrees in reading, in many cases their masters in reading, and they are supporting, guiding, and assisting our staff, all of our teachers, K through 5, particularly at each of the elementary schools, and providing support, assistance, teaching them the importance of how to teach literacy um, for all ages of students. So they really are, the word coaching is most appropriate. They're there to support, guide, and lead our teachers and our students in the art of how to teach reading, which is, as you will know, fairly complex and very complicated, and in fact is the most important thing we do at the elementary level. Okay, you were talking about that, and then we're talking about the other stuff. Okay. Yeah, additionally, um, I would always want to know, I always want any of our parents and community members to know, our focus, we continue a very strong emphasis on school safety. That continues this year in Anderson School District 1. Our focus has been to continue to add resource officers. So this year, we have seven officers, and we're going from seven to ten resource officers with the emphasis on the elementary schools. So each of our elementary schools will have officers there four hours a day. They'll pair up with a uh, school that's close to them, and that is, uh, that is part of our transition heading toward full-time officers, professional, you know, certified safety officers, resource officers to each of our schools in Anderson 1. So our, our middle schools and high schools have had them for a long time, and we've just started transitioning to officers at the elementary schools on a regular schedule routine basis. So that emphasis continues. We've also finished a significant update with new cameras in the schools this past year, additional cameras. And just, I will always want to know, and of course we've always done our 
ALICE program, um, which is our violent intruder drills that we have on a regular basis, has been a big part of our safety emphasis. So um, safety and security continues to get a high priority, certainly by us at the district office, our school principals, and without a doubt, uh, with much strong emphasis support from each of our seven school board members. Um, I think the, the final thing that, that will be one of our emphasis facility-wise this year is we're completing, we're trying to click complete four building projects that um, we have additional funds and a blessing by the uh, local option sales tax funds that our, our patrons approved about three years ago. So we just this week actually completed a, a new addition at Concrete Primary School, an eight-room classroom addition, which is, it was our most crowded school. They will have uh, eight new classrooms, uh, and that frees up some additional rooms for the future that they should be in good shape for some for growth uh, for the next several years. Um, secondly, we are, we are completing tennis courts at Pottersville High School and Wren High School because our students have not had their own courts. We've had to play elsewhere. So um, I'm excited on behalf of some of our students, athletes, for them to have their own facilities as it relates to our, our tennis, tennis players and, and student athletes. Thirdly, um, we are updating facilities at the Wren High Stadium, which includes um, weight room, locker room facilities, some storage, brand new concession stands and restrooms and ticket booths, um, that we're really excited to update that stadium. It's never had any updates really in many, many years. So both the tennis court projects for Wren and Pottersville and the Wren High Stadium upgrades should be completed later this summer. The tennis courts by late July, the stadium, locker room, restroom facility concessions, which should be played by mid-August. So we're very excited about that. And then in July, next month, this coming month, we uh, will do a bid process for a new multi-purpose athletic facility at Palmetto High School. And that project will probably start in August and hopefully should be completed in August. So each of those projects uh, are, are, are being complete, completed, you know, in the, I guess, next couple months, next six months, all paid for, debt-free, with the local option sales tax funds, which is truly... Um, a very positive development for our Anderson School District 1 and its students, students, and staff. So um, instruction, instructionally, um, we have been celebrating actually all year long our graduation rate, which was the highest it's ever been, 93.1%. That is, um, without a doubt, been a K through grade 12 effort. Uh, great uh, accolades go to our elementary schools, middle schools that prepare our students to, to get to high school and graduate, but we had over 700 students graduate this year, which was a record number, but um, our graduation rate was 93.1% again, which we have continued to um, brag about and celebrate and, and, and as, as we should. So that's a lot of hard work on behalf of our community, our parents, as they prepare their students to come to Anderson One, and certainly the, the, the ability to relate to these students and teach them in a way and encourage them to graduate. Um, so, you know, we're looking forward to see what it will be next year, uh, and our goal is always continuous improvement. So that graduation rate is something that we feel very good about because I, I personally think as a superintendent that is probably the best way to evaluate a school district, how many students will we graduate, and what is our four-year graduation rate. So um, 
we continue as well focusing on the new accountability rules and regulations and law and our goal is always continuous improvement and we want our students certainly making progress on any of the state related test assessments and so forth that that we all must participate in whether it be elementary middle or high school so that will remain a focus and our goal is always to be in the top five top ten percent of districts in the state as it relates to academic achievement reading scores and reading improvement and, and other related issues. I think that one of the final things I would say that we're really excited about is uh, we're, we're, have, we're participating in the Accelerate program for some of our very talented students that is really a engineering curriculum. And we partner with the Governor's School for the, for the um, and, and the Governor's School allows our students over the course of going through high school graduation rate to earn as many as up to 41 credits in an engineering curriculum, which really is almost a year and a half of college before they enter into a college. So we've got 15 to 20 students and parents that are very interested in that program, and uh, we're thrilled to be able to partner with the Governor's School and do that on behalf of some of our students to improve our curriculum. Um, Additionally, one of our biggest challenges I talked to you about is student growth. We have a um, large ESOL population in Anderson 1. So uh, our goal is to really continue to add some teachers to really support these students that are coming in Anderson 1. In many cases, do not speak little or no English at all and to help them and to give them support and guidance to get them on the right track to graduate. Um, and so that, we've probably got about 500 students in that, and that population has been growing for the last couple of years. So that, that's, that's a significant portion of our students. Uh, if we're gonna to continue to improve our graduation rate, we feel like we have to give them a great deal of time, attention, and guidance to make sure that happens. So we've. Very pleased we have some very talented teachers with that appropriate certification. In fact, I particularly remember one of our one of our teachers we hired was an ESOL student herself many years ago, which we think well she will relate great to this this these students and this population of students. So that's a kind of a summary of some uh, facilities, uh, technology related issues, and certainly instructional issues that are going on in Anderson One. Yeah. Well, uh, obviously, you know, academics is our top priority. Again, we've just spent a lot of time talking about a graduation. That will always be our top priority. But we want our students to be extremely well-rounded in Anderson 1. So we want to offer a variety of options that our kids are, have talents in that allow them to participate in athletics, athletic programs. Um, this year, we've had several of our teams win state championships. Um, Palmetto cheerleaders, Palmetto girls cross-country team, uh, Pattersville's cross-country men's team, um, and, and they, they've actually done a great, with some of our student athletes have performed great this year, so providing the access to those programs, and it's not unusual, I think we offer as many as 17, 18 sports at all three of our high schools. So. That is very important to get them involved in other activities other than just academics. And it also, by virtue of them keeping their grades up, it improves their grades, it gives them another outlet to, to be involved in school-related activities other than academics. Equally importantly is fine arts programs. We work very hard in Anderson 1 to provide an array of fine arts programs to include band, arts, strings, 
um, opportunities for our students that also have, have performed very well. I mentioned the Governor's School a while ago. It is not unusual at all for us to send numerous students to the Governor's School for the Arts from Anderson School District on an annual basis. So um, those activities, as well as some other academic-related activities um, that we want really academics, athletics, fine arts, and any other related activities that we think our students have talents in that we like to get them involved in. So our goal is really to have a very well-rounded student that is, is, has many opportunities to display their talents other than just academics and Anderson School District 1. So we try to prioritize each of those, and I, I certainly appreciate you mentioning that and giving us the opportunity to share that information. Anderson, the Anderson District 1 and 2 Career and Technology Center is located between Anderson 1 and Anderson 2, actually in, in, on the outskirts of Williamson. Um, the Career and Technology Center here, and, and us working in collaboration with Anderson District 2, serves almost 2,000 students in, in grades 9 through 12. They have, they have 20 programs of study there. Um, for a very long time, that Career and Technology Center has been a leader in the state of South Carolina. Uh, by virtue of um, their quality programs, their wide array of programs, and, and the, the percentage of students that complete those programs and get certificates or um, welding uh, credentials, to, to use one of the programs as an example. And our students from Pottersville, Palmetto High School, and, and Rent High love going to Career Center. Many cases, it is their outlet, other than athletics or fine arts, to be involved in a program such as welding, a megatronics, or, or Cisco, Cisco training, or building construction, or agriculture programs there. They love that because it's project-based, it's hands-on, they're very actively involved there. The center is well-equipped with state-of-the-art equipment for those rep for the programs that they have there such as, again, health occupations, um, digital media, and, and our students thrive at that Career and Technology Center. It is a huge part of our district. And Anderson 1 and 2 and the, and the boards and the legislative delegation many, many years ago, 40-plus years ago, put a funding program together, and, and, and they understood the importance of students going to the Career Center and getting those skills, not necessarily wanting or expecting a four-year degree, but being able to get those skills, those career skills, and going to work or going for a two-year program. And, and we have many students there that are, that are doing so well. They leave there, and uh, for instance, we have some megatronic students that have been hired recently at Bosch, and they're starting a salary of forty-five dollars to $50,000 coming out with a high school degree and a megatronics degree. Um, from the Anderson 1 and 2 Career and Technology Center. So that staff there is immensely talented, highly focused on Career and Technology Center education, and it is, uh, we're very fortunate to have that in Anderson School District 1, and, and our um, businesses and our industries constantly are hiring our, our, our students from that Career and Technology Center, and they're in many cases going straight to work and then the employers help pay for their two-year degrees and stuff like that. So uh, Anderson County oftentimes sent, you know, 
gets a lot of those students to do internships all over the county. So, and I think it will be great for Anderson County as a whole um, to to get the Anderson three, four, and five career technical sense for the entire county, and all the students within the county will have a wide array of options for career and technology center education. So we're thrilled that um, Anderson three, four, and five will have that opportunity for their students, and it has certainly immensely benefited our students. Again, if you look at the numbers, they have the largest enrollment in our school district of students. They have 2,000 students. Wren High School is our other largest school, and they have 1,200 students. So um, again, they do a wonderful job serving our students, and, and that, that ray and form of uh, public education. Certainly, Anderson School District 1 has a very open-door policy to our patrons. We, we put a lot of information on our district website. Um, anyone can call during the course of the year to the district office here. The phone number is 864-847-7344. Very important for us to provide as much information to our parents as possible to make sure that um, they have whatever information is necessary for their child to enroll in Anderson 1. And not only enroll here, but come here be successful, thrive within our school district. And a lot of time that does start with access and information, and we certainly want to go overboard. They're welcome to call me, Mr. Benninger, our, our receptionist. We'll certainly assist them with the enrollment process, with any information they need to help us ensure their, style, their child's success and access to Anderson School District 1 as a resident within our, our, our district. Uh it's hard to appreciate uh, how hard school superintendents work. You hear a lot of people criticize administrators and all these things. They don't realize how many things. I have a very personal understanding. Uh, my brother, Jeff Wilson, is superintendent of the White County Schools over in Georgia, and I talked to him quite a bit. I know he was here in Anderson School District 5 for a long time as an assistant superintendent. Um, his average work week in Georgia, and this is not exaggerating, is probably somewhere between 60 and 80 hours. So superintendents work hard, and... They're the ones who sort of uh, set the tone for the district. So they also, all the superintendents I've talked to, in, including David, have said if you have anything you want to talk to them about, make an appointment. They're very accessible. So we do appreciate living in a county where our school officials are accessible, and we can check them out and talk to them. Well, don't forget this weekend is Labor Day, and it's at the annual Celebrate Anderson activities with concerts this year featuring Sarah Evans, who's got a new album out. She'll be out there. There's a slew of other events out there as part of Celebrate Anderson at the Civic Center leading in here to Labor Day. So check out the Facebook page for more information on Celebrate Anderson. And don't forget the farmer's market's still open and bringing in fresh local produce, still some tomatoes, plus peaches still coming in, even though there's not as many peaches this year. There are peaches, and they are really good. So you can drop by there on Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday. You might want to mark your calendar for some other events that are coming up, including Ames Tailgate with Attitude Fashion Show, September 8th at the Civic Center. You can find out more about tickets at Ames' Facebook page or at their website, aimcharity.org. Uh, coming up in just about a month, West Pelzer's mile-long yard sale is coming up October 7th. And then, of course, on October 14th, the big annual Big Deal Meals on Wheels Oyster Roast Wheels and Wheels of Anderson, that's a tremendous organization. That's their big uh, fundraiser. And then in late October, which will be here before you know it, October 26th to the 28th, is Anderson's Bluegrass Festival. And that will be at the Civic Center, some of the top names in bluegrass. And the night, that Friday night, October the 27th, will be a Pat Terry concert here in Anderson. So tickets will be available of that. You can check out the Anderson Observer, Greg Wilson Anderson Observer Facebook page for information on those tickets. 
and we've got a number of partners coming in involved in that. The Magic Flute, it'll be a concert benefit for the Magic Flute, which helps get uh, children with disabilities, the, uh, give them the ability to participate in school, band, and orchestra activities. Talk more about all these events as we get closer to those dates. But that's it for now for the Anderson Observer Podcast, news from people you trust. So keep checking the Observer for more information on all these things. But until next time, get out and do something to make Anderson a better place.